0: All
1: right, welcome to Retro Time podcast. It has been some time. We're back. We are back.
0: We are back. What's up, man? We're
1: back and we've got um we've got a good episode today. So um I guess would this be what, season episode 1 of season 2, Derek? We I said believe we it were, is. we took a little break. <laughs> every every good uh every good team needs a an off season.
0: I believe that's what that I was said. Your words. Yeah. That, was my word. That. My word, um,
1: so. that implies we are a good team, and that implies that break we took for a few weeks was our off season. So, mm-hmm. You well rested? Do You feel like you've been you've been training?
0: Yeah, I have. I'm worried about a soft tissue injury during this uh, this oh, podcast, no. but other than that, I'm good.
1: Mm-hmm. To your to your vocal cords or just to yeah
0: your... <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, I've
1: been practicing my uh, chords. I've the uh, me 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 <laughs> and I've been you know the lo, la 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 whatever those voice. I actually haven't been doing that. That's a Total, total lie. Um, so welcome to Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Derek. And uh, we got Derek over here. Um, it's good to have you. It's good to be back. I'm really excited about that. Me too, We got man. a good episode today, Derek. We're going to talk a little bit about empathy, uh, but empathy for your whole team. Um, empathy for everyone is what we're calling this this title, this podcast. And this actually is uh, something we talked a little bit about with uh, with our good buddy Tom Griever, the last episode, and I think it was something that we, we just you know it's weird because we had that um, the episode, and then in my my, my feed on LinkedIn and stuff, I, I've noticed a lot of people posting about this, and I thought this was like maybe another topic to revisit. And I think um, you know I've been thinking about this a lot, and I got a I got a quote I got a quote that I'm I'm actually quoting myself. This is my own quote. Are you ready Get for it. this? Yeah. All right. If empathy for users is the key to a product success then empathy for your team is the key to getting a great product shipped. Quote Man. me on it, Derek.
0: Quote Ooh. me. Man, I don't know.
1: Uh. Whoa. Watch out. That's a good one. Big one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this idea of empathy, you know, it's, um, we, we talk a lot of, as UX designers, we talk a lot about empathy for your users. And, um, you know, designing a really great product um, is completely and utterly pointless if you can't work with your team to get that really great design shipped to the end user, right? And if you don't work with your team, you fight them on stuff, you you don't understand where they're coming from, and you just try to, you know, bulldoze your way through to a great product, great experience, it just ain't going to work, man, you know? And I think the same could be said for developers, right? Yeah, for sure. Would you, would yeah. you agree from your perspective?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that... uh for developers, a lot of times when you have customers or users who, um, you know, who don't understand how software is built, sometimes they ask a lot of the team. And, and if the team's not being essentially protected uh, or understood the health of the team, um, you could, you could go down the road where people get burnt out. You start not having empathy for the people who are actually doing the work, solving the problems um, for the for the customers. So that's kind of how I see it.
1: So you know it's interesting. We're doing a little bit of research for this episode, and I found this quote online by this guy Daniel Bryant, who was a product architect in the UK. And this isn't a direct quote. I'm kind of summarizing a little bit, but what he says is, we're typically developing software with other people to create an experience for other people, Ooh, right? Man. So that That's implies you know people know. people at the end of the day, right? Yeah, isn't that awesome? This is a yeah. good. This is a quote filled episode, Derek. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, so this idea that um, you know people are using the software, but you're working with people to deliver that software. And I think a lot of times we just think, you know, this is something I've actually said, I'm very guilty of this. I've said this before. In the past, stakeholders, you know, I present this design. I'm like, this is the best design ever. And they just, they don't like it. They shoot it down and, you know, or, or it's a great idea and I want to get some feature added to the product and they shoot it down. And I just think, oh, these knuckleheads, they don't know anything about design they don't know what they're doing but you know there's a reason why they shot it wasn't because they thought it was a bad idea maybe they thought it was a good idea but there's other things to to keep in mind right why did they why did they you know say they didn't want to do it was it because it took too long to it would take too long to build because we didn't have enough information maybe about that particular product or feature to know if it was accurate maybe you know we didn't have the budget for it maybe we didn't have the the capacity to get it built in time you know, maybe there were other constraints that I may not have been aware of as a lowly UX designer, um, and so I think that's kind of you know something a lot of a lot of designers, um, especially designers, come into. You know, we're we're designers and we know better than everybody. But I yeah. think uh, the really good designers, the ones especially that have been doing it for a while, realize that you know there's a lot of give and take, and there's a lot of um, empathy that needs to be built around your team, not just for the end user.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's not. It's not that far off from uh, trying to determine what you want to eat at night. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you're like, man, I could really go for some pizza. And then your mm. wife or your partner will be like, you know, no, we can't have pizza. And they don't explain why. And you get frustrated. But I want pizza so bad. If you only knew how bad I wanted pizza. And then you realize yeah. the kids had pizza five times that day. You know, one of them's sick. You know, got a, got a, a pepperoni allergy or something. You don't even think about so it's like that's a great analogy. You know, that's what I do. Um but it's it's sort of it's sort of as simple as making a suggestion and, and being open to other people's uh, view on it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Now it's important too to sort of like I guess you said it good well, like be intelligent with your empathy and know how to use it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right? So be thoughtful about how you're uh, how you're actually uh, sort of divvying up your empathy between your really it's a lot of times it's your customers and your teams, your stakeholders and your teams. You got to be intelligent about that because, you know, for reasons we'll talk about in a little bit, you, know, you can get yourself into a trap where you focus too much on one end and the other sacrificed uh, and, you, and both fail. So, yeah. So you've got
1: like what you've got, I guess, like a limited, you've got limited resources. And, and so I guess in this case, um, you know, you want to be empathetic to your team and, you know, let's say, um, I don't know, there's a limited budget. We've only got X amount of dollars. Um, you know, you can't necessarily throw away every feature because we only have so much money to build. You, you might push a little bit and compromise in other places to get maybe, a little less scope in some of the other features to kind of you know navigate and negotiate, and get maybe um, you know a little bit more capacity for some other feature, right? So if like you know as a as a, a I don't know uh, as a product owner, um, maybe you have you know X amount of dollars to spend and you only have X amount of sprints, and some feature is going to take I don't know, let's just say I'm just there 20 sprints, right? And you say, all right, we've estimated this will take about 20 sprints to complete, but that thing you want to build requires 10 sprints. So maybe you say, well, let's see if we can cut the scope and then get something else built, right? Taking into account those 20 sprint, that 20 sprint minimum or maximum, I guess it would be. Is that what you kind of mean?
0: Yeah. And in in a way, it's like a lot of teams have it even harder because their budgets are so broad that Mm -hmm. it's hard to even determine what my max budget is for a specific Initiative, and sometimes they are doing a bunch in parallel, um, which there are reasons why you should could you know simplify that in a way. But uh, the thing that I find uh, is even harder for teams to get is that it's not. They sometimes understand that you have to divvy up the budget. That's something that like we've naturally come to understand in business. You got to divvy up the budget. You can't do everything. You can't you know like the kind of thing. But it's when. You're 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 uh, trying to allocate time for supporting the product, or allocate time for some something that isn't part of the normal development process, like updating data or something like that. When when you don't take into account the impact on your team, then you will actually you'll start to see diminishing returns in other areas where they can't develop features. They start to burn out. A lot of times, I find that teams will actually. Think about that. They'll say, no, no, we actually thought about the fact that we only have so much capacity. And they'll use that term capacity uh, for this number of developers. But what they won't go to the level of is say, you know, but I have a team full of folks who have kids, who have other responsibilities. Here's the other things I know about them that are, are reasons why pushing them too far, like these specific people could be a detrimental to the rest of the product so it's like empathy can go real deep on your team doesn't necessarily have to be surface level at the people um and i guess it depends on who you work with in the company as well
1: right well it's all about um like understanding where other people on your team are coming from
0: yeah yeah understanding them as people and how how stress how uh like added work how uh, you know how chaos sometimes people respond really poorly to that so when you add a bunch of things at once and you don't organize your thoughts sometimes people like they can't take that and they they produce bad results even though you you were trying to be well-meaning and giving them all the information the way you presented it caused them to not give you what you wanted it's like a reverse effect
1: so this is another quote from our good buddy Tom Griever. Old Tom, um, and this is—I uh, don't know if this comes from his articulating design decisions or not, or just an article that he wrote. But I love this quote, and this is something that I think gets towards exactly what we're talking about: the process towards empathy involves simply remembering that your team is human, right? Yeah. So asking them questions and creating, you know, those shared experiences and. What are their needs and, and you know, how, like building the relationship with them. And it's just like turning that that other person on the team. It's not just, oh, that jerk, you know, he's always asking for this. Well, like, I don't there's a reason they're asking for this. Or, you know, oh, that jerk, he's always you know, I can never schedule a meeting after 5 p.m. He's just like, ugh, you know, like, well, he's got kids and he wants to go see his kids. Of course he doesn't want to work till 5 p.m., um, he or she. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, like, um, it's impossible to, to know why someone does something if you don't try to get them on a personal level, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So Tom, um, Tom brought this up in our interview with him and um, – this was this is something that I I thought was really interesting, and I wanted to explore this a little bit more. And Tom used uh, the idea of uh, creating user stories for your team right? So for your team. So huh. he used the example of an executive. So as an executive, I want to deliver a clear message to stakeholders. So, you know, one of the things he talked about specifically was like, you know, stake, or an executive doesn't care if you decided that the button should be on the left and the right. But what the stake, stakeholder wants to know is why did we decide that the button is on the left instead of the right? When, when someone says, oh, why'd you put that button on the left? The state, the, the executive or whoever should say, you know, uh, well, we did it because of this. You know, there's clear research that showed people like buttons on left as opposed to right. You know, and they can go back and, and and it's important to not just, you know, beat them over the head with the button should be on the left, but tell them why the button should be on the left. Right. Yeah. But you could expand that a little bit too. Like as a product owner, I want to manage the expectations of the customer. Right. So it's impossible to do that if you don't provide that product owner with the right information. Right. And I'm sure like as a developer, you probably you know, I don't know, uh, what deliver functionality in a timely manner. Right. So you want to be able to meet your story points and, and this, you know, these things are not like, you're not just going to write one, maybe, maybe there's several user stories that you could write, but this kind of idea, you know, helps to, um, helps everybody on the team kind of come to that shared understanding, you know, of who, who these people are and what are their personas or roles and, um, how do they want to interact with the product and the team and stuff.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, there's it's 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 challenging even on a small team to make this part of you know how you set up your team and the culture by which you you know uh, by which you build you know the the culture you build on your team. But it gets even harder when the team grows. Let's say you have a very large team. You're listening to this, saying, "Well, my team's 50 people. How do I get this done?" You're at a you're at a disadvantage when you're when we're talking about. Um, going through this exercise because everybody's going to have a different opinion. But when you start to set expectations of whose responsibility is, let's say, to make a decision about the expectations of the other people on the team, like even at that meta level, um, it can get simpler to start breaking things down without clear expectations for your team. You are going to have a really hard time building empathy. Because people are going to think that other people are sabotaging them by doing their work. Why are you creating that Excel spreadsheet? Mine had colors. You know, uh, you know. it's like, because uh, I mean, I've been there before. And on large teams, you don't know who's working on what if all the expectations aren't incredibly clear. Something I wanted to touch on.
1: So when it comes to color, Derek, the trick is to always let the designer do it. That's ah. just the answer. <laughs> Just don't Colors try. The designer's if job. you're not a designer, just don't even bother. It's black. Like and it's white. And maybe blue, maybe blue, maybe red. If it's bad, um, but yeah, if it's if it's color, just
0: let the designer do it. Don't even try. <laughs> it's it's you know part of it too is you gotta respect people's skills. You know, it's like trust is one thing, but if I see somebody's really really good or or you know can can walk the talk. And you know all that stuff. Like, wow, their designs are like aesthetically pleasing to me, or something. Like, they're not just big, big boxes with you know a four blocker on a page. You know, uh, yeah. so it's it's uh, something. It's something that you know, it's part of the whole process. But um, for me, I think it does start with uh, setting expectations that this is what this person's gonna do. And if you don't like it, talk to them. Like I could right. go talk to you, you know, when we were working on a project uh, closely together and say, I don't understand why this is this way. It, it doesn't have to be that I don't like it. I just don't understand it. You know, you have to admit yeah. when you don't get something, it may not be your, your like, uh, it may not be your core uh, area of expertise. My core area of expertise, I don't even know if it's anything at this point, but, um, Maybe basketball. You're very good at very good at um, podcasting. Podcasting. Um, very, you know, very good at fingerboarding.
1: Very good at basketball.
0: I Was trying to leave that one for a special episode, but yeah, fingerboarding. But we won't go too clicks. far into the fingerboard. But Derek, right. by
1: the way, just off topic, but Derek did a little demo for me the other day, fingerboarding
0: on point. Very impressed. You should see his fingerboard ollie. <laughs> I do what I can, um, but yeah, you know it's 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 challenging. It's challenging enough to build trust without expectations. <laughs> You know, Um, and with expectations, you know, at least at least you have a a fighting chance.
1: Expectations with fingerboard. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so expectations are important. But, you know, one other thing I'm also seeing, too, here is when it comes to these user stories, you can start to see some overlap. Sure. So like you might even be able to identify people that you should be collaborating with. So like, obviously, you know, I mean, this is pretty rudimentary stuff. This is obviously not <laughs> pretty basic, but as a product owner, I want to manage the expectations of the customer. Right. And as a UX designer, I want to ensure users needs are being met. Well, look, we're both talking about customers and users here. Right. So maybe there's some overlap there if, if the expectations need to be met. Um, or we want to manage expectations of the customer, then obviously that UX designer and the product owner probably need to work pretty closely together to get the product to be a, truly a success, right? So you know, obviously the UX designers or the UX team is generally going to go off and do usability studies. Maybe it's important to include the product owner in those things. You know, don't leave them out. Don't try to do things in a silo. Um, and you can kind of identify uh,
0: overlaps and stuff there. Yeah, you know, I just thought of something uh, when you were talking about overlap. The the things on your product that, this is a little bit off topic, but it's still kind of in the same realm. The things on your product that happen and they're successful, and you look back on it and you say, wow, we're really lucky that worked out that way. All the pieces fell into place just the right way and we somehow made it happen. Or, yeah. you know, I, um, that seemed to work, but it seemed like it was by accident that it worked. You do not have a process. You have no process if that is what you're experiencing. And the teams that have a process, even if it is not completely efficient, my view on it, every team I've worked with that's had a process that they follow to do the activities of their day have been happier than the teams who work in somewhat of a chaotic environment. Because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's coming next. So, well, you know, I think, Anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, but Google,
1: I think it was Google, did that research on high-performing teams, right? Was it Google that did that? I'm just thinking of this, and now like I, we could probably include that in the show notes, the research, but um, I'm pretty sure it was yes. Google. They did research into the high-performing teams, and they found that the, the high-performing teams were not the ones with the people with that were really smart. They weren't the smartest ones. They weren't the ones with the Ivy League degrees. They weren't the ones with a lot of experience, but they were the happiest teams.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, am and, I wrong there, about that? Yeah, That's that what was, that research showed, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know if it was Google that did the research. There's another, um, there's another bit of research done by the folks over at, uh, actually, at the, I think I think they partner with Puppet. Um, it's like the, uh, it's like the, um, it's an infrastructure uh, like orchestration system, um, like Chef, if you're familiar with that. Uh, but anyway. They they really coord they coordinate with folks from like ThoughtWorks and other companies to build a um uh, a it's called the State of the DevOps report. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. In that, they describe teams. They describe what makes the team high performing, and yeah, one of them is people who are happy with their job. It like it correlates right. directly to it. But but saying you're happy with your job, then the question comes: How did they get happy? Were they sad? Like, what made them sad? And so, um, I think it's hard to hard to articulate to teams what they're doing wrong without making them feel bad and then them not do anything about it. But yeah. if you if you just analyze what they do and say, do you like living in this chaotic environment where you don't know what's coming next? Is that better than knowing your process and it being not perfect and then you can work on improving it, like that? That seems like uh, a lot of teams, if you present things that way, would be like, yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: Well, I think like having empathy for people and your team specifically puts you in tune with the rest of the team and would therefore create less chaos. Right. It seems like that way. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making this up. in Yeah, I I think this seems like it kind of goes back to that. Like yeah, I think if, if you know, if you understand a product owner really well, having them ask a question is not going to seem like it's coming out of the blue, you know, asking a question about deadlines or asking a question about some feature or something is not going to be out of the blue. If you understand them and you've worked with them really well and, you know, you understand where they're coming from and you understand why they're asking that question, um, it's not going to seem as hectic and chaotic. That's a great point. Uh,
0: that That is a good point, Jeremy.
1: I love that. Yeah. Oh, I think you made the point, Derek. <laughs> <I don't think laughs> Look I at did. that.
0: I used to, I, just a side note, uh, I used to write a lot of songs as a kid, and uh, my buddy uh, my buddy Kyle, uh, shout out to Kyle, um, Kyle. He, uh, he used to play my songs for me and be like, hey, do you want to do this one at the show? And they would be like, oh, yeah, dude, that's a great song. When did you write that? He was like, dummy, you wrote it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a weird memory problem when it comes to music. Um, so I can't like remember it's kind of weird cause I make it, but I can't remember it. So it's a problem when I play shows, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, that I can never remember what I, what I come up with or if it was me. Um, too empathetic.
1: Well, that's a, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't have any, it's <laughs> <laughs> a weird, it's a weird take problem. More fish oil. Yeah. We right. I think,
0: oil. I think it's the fish oil. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, um, okay. So, um, so those are great points. I love it. So. Um, so recommendations, then. so all right, we got, I think like we talk a little bit about the user stories. I think like a framework to help build empathy is important. So like we said, the user stories or, um, you know, behavior driven development, like given whatever I want to be able to blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Sort of like creating this framework, like a standard framework for this stuff.
0: Yeah. That could definitely help.
1: Um, understand that overlap in responsibilities
0: at that, that point that you made earlier. Perfect.
1: Um, what are the other? What are some other things? I um,
0: should have created a
1: list, Derek. Yeah. Uh, each understand person. each person's.
0: Yeah. yeah. Understand each person's. Uh, uh, their their needs, their pain points. Really being empathetic toward the people, not necessarily the 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 seat. So like you don't care that someone's that there's a seat on your team or a body. A lot of times I hear people say you need more bodies. you You don't want bodies. Bodies go in graves. You want people. People work on stuff. Um, I like it actually you don't want bodies bodies belong
1: in that's a good comeback to that Derek yeah, yeah you right say, oh I mean he butts and seats like no you don't want bodies you want people you need people who are good at things
0: yeah yeah I love that. Um, um, and, and like else? and like you were saying before each person you know you want to get to know them on a personal level so that's important even though at first it might not seem important because you're trying to you're just trying to hammer away on user stories or whatever it is it is the most important thing to build that trust, to build that respect, to understand their skill sets so you can get some stuff done.
1: So like, I think at the end of the day too, that helps you like working collaboratively. So like just don't work in silos, like work with your team, work collaboratively with your team. Um, There's no reason to just go off on your own and do your own thing and not include other people. Um, Unless you happen to be the only person working on the software, which is relatively unlikely, just include other people. Right. Um, and I think back to that, it goes, like, balancing everyone's expectations. Yeah. Right? And so, like, people have expectations if, like, you got to find the balance between them um, and find that, you know, um, I don't know, You like, if, if someone's only hyper-focused on the user and that's all they care about and they're not thinking about budgets and they're not thinking about time constraints, that's obviously not going to work out. But, you know, you've got to worry about budgets. you got to worry about time constraints. So what's the, what's the happy medium between, you know, that... Person's desire to help the user and this other person's desire to to make sure we can actually do it on time and deliver it, right? So finding that balance between them, and then you know I think at the end of the day, team health, team happiness is a to happy team is a high performing team.
0: I Think you nailed I think it. Think that's the that's the key.
1: That's it. Nailed it, Derek.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So I think I don't know. I think that's it. Is that it? We're done already. I that think was that might
0: episode. be it. I think we covered it, brother.
1: One for the books. So, Derek, mm-hmm. I hear you've got a song written for Big Brother 82.
0: You know I may. Oh, BB82 uh, is what I call them. Maybe after you hear that. You the droid on um, BB82. Are you going to play it for us today? I will. Uh, I think you're going to hear it end right, of uh, right uh, after the, uh, the credits roll. Um,
1: oh, I can't I'll wait.
0: Lay, I'll lay it on you. All mind. right.
1: So, listen, if you're out there and you're listening and you thought we were even remotely entertaining, if you leave us a five-star review... On Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you can leave a review. My my good buddy Derek is gonna write you a song. You and you're gonna hear him. it on air.
0: There's That's gonna right. be some proof proof this time. All right. I can't wait. All right, I can't dude. wait to
1: hear. um <laughs> so good. yeah, so uh, well this is awesome. I love this I love this idea, this idea of empathy. I just feel like this is something that like and this is, goes I think beyond software. This is like everything. This is life, man. You know, this is like outside of work. This is like you're at a you're you're at a restaurant, and you know, having empathy for your waiter. You know, what kind of what is that person going through? What's their life like? You know, the 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 checkout clerk at the grocery store, or like uh, somebody helping you at like the clothing store or something. Like to me, this is just like it. Just it's everything. You know, it's just, um, in general. I just. Um, I just think it's um, it's this sort of applies across the board.
0: I think so. I think you're right. I think there's a there's also tests you can take to see how empathetic you are, quote unquote, intelligence quotients, not intelligence quotients. It's called uh, emotional intelligence tests that you right. can take. Um, I don't know how accurate they are, but uh, you know it can help you see hey, where are some things that you're you need to improve and, and things maybe blind spots for you. So might be something to look into. Cool, man. Well, um,
1: we'd love to know what you guys think. Everybody out there, all you Retro Timers, um, let us know on Facebook and Twitter. Check us out on retrotimepodcast.com. And uh, we're going to have some stickers soon, too. So I'm stoked about that. So keep an eye for that. Anyway. All right, y'all. Well, uh, let's get to that uh, Big Brother 82 song, man. Hit it, Derek.
0: You got it. All right. All right, y'all.
1: Until next time, take it easy, y'all.
0: Big Brother 82, don't know a thing about you, but we wish we did, we wish we did, Big Brother 82, you're a fan of us, we're a fan of you, appreciate the support that you provide. you know they're watching you, watching you, watching you You of all people should know Cover your camera, they might be looking at you right now You of all people should know Cover your camera, they might be looking at you right now